The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? <laughs> no, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. <laughs> this is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to Fantasy Football Today. Happy Friday, everybody. I am Adam Azer, joined by Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. Hey, did you ever have one of those mornings... You know, you wake up and everything seems great. Birds are chirping. It's Friday. You're doing your reading. You're settling in. And then all of a sudden you go, I have way too much Trey Lance. Because I am totally having one of those mornings right now. Uh, yeah. Tra- First topic on today's show is a little bit of hyperbole, but it's Trey Lance sucks. So welcome to the show, Heath. Trey Lance sucks. I, I love this start to the show. And I think you should just amend it. Um, <laughs> I think maybe it's more fair to say Trey Lance sucks if he's not allowed to run. Maybe. Or just he Trey Lance will be allowed to run. He's or doesn't have tackles. You know, that could be part of it, too. Oh, it was ugly. 7 of 11, 49 yards, uh, one rushing yard against Houston. But just bad passes, right? He was off yep. target. Ooh. Missed. like And a couple of them. Like, I thought there was at least one of those bad passes where he probably would have ran for 15 yards. He was scrambling out to the right, and he yep. couldn't. And nobody was mm-hmm. open, so he just spiked it in the middle of the field. I hope that's what it was, at least. If he was intending for that to go near a receiver, then we have bigger problems. I think he saw the receiver on that play, but still figured just to get out of that play and go on to the next play. So it's kind of like cool that he saw the receiver, and it was Ayuk. Ayuk found a way to find space, but he really should have tried to actually complete the pass instead of spike it. And he did not have Debo and Kittle and Ayuk for all of his series. I think just the first two. And Lance, yeah. Lance threw 11 passes to 10 different receivers yesterday. So we can end this fun here. Is anybody, you know, less likely to draft Trey Lance based on what we saw in preseason week three? No. No. Heath? I, I couldn't. Like, drafting with you guys, I could not be any <laughs> less likely to draft Trey Lance. <laughs> It's true, but we, this is why I always draft a backup every time I draft, when I draft Trey Lance, every time I But draft. you still feel 100% confident starting in week one? Against Chicago, yes. I think so, but my real-life scenario right now is Trey Lance or Joe Burrow and Trey Lance or Matthew Stafford. And Stafford is the Bills in week one, right? So yep. I yes. think I got to go with Trey Lance. I would absolutely be starting Stafford. I don't think that Bills-Rams game is going to be anything other than a, than a 
bonanza. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. Yeah. It's just a very good point. Like the Bears 49ers might be a, a 14-12 grind it out. Don't don't lose this game for us, Trey. Start Cairo Santos. Yeah, there you go. Uh, good uh, good use of bonanza. All right, now today is an ADP show. We're going to look at ADP movers. If you go to the CBS Sports ADP, there are arrow. I want to explain how this works in case you're new. There are arrows next to some of the names. The green arrows that are pointing up are the good ones. Those are the guys who are rising. The red arrows that are pointing down, I think those are the bad ones, right, Jamie? I think that's how it works. Okay, yeah. So I just looked at those arrows and saw who's moving up and down in ADP, and then I looked at other websites to see where the ADP was. So we'll talk about some of those players. Obviously, Brian Robinson's moving way up. Now, uh, do other sites have those fancy graphics like we do? Heck no, they do not. Oh, yeah. There we go. Uh, AJ Dillon's moving up. Chase Edmonds is moving up. Christian Kirk is moving up. Brandon Ayuk is moving up. Um, but but uh, there's a lot. There's some nuance to it as well. Dak Prescott is moving down. Sky Moore, Chris Olave moving down. We'll talk about those guys. But obviously, Jamie, one big ADP riser is Damian Pierce. And I haven't he, heard. What do you do? He well, he was at it again, and you know this obviously was before last night. So on CBS Sports ADP, Damian Pierce is moving up 14 spots to 75th overall. That makes him RB 29. Uh, which is basically exactly where he is, RB28 on NFC over the past week. Lower than that, though, RB39 uh, on Fantasy Football Calculator in the last five days. But the problem, Jamie, with the with the ADP risers and saying, oh, Damian Pierce is now RB29, is if if he's rising so much, you know, it's also taking account where he was. He was buried a month ago. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? So this, this may not be an accurate picture where he's being drafted. So... I know he's a riser, and he looked great yesterday, and he's clearly the guy for the Texans. Um, didn't really play against the 49ers' first-team defense. Most of their best defenders were sitting. Uh, where would you draft Damian Pierce, uh, and is he up even more after yesterday's performance? I mean, he's obviously up even more after yesterday's performance. So I, I think he'll probably end up going in non-PPR round five, in full and half PPR probably round six. Um, Look, he's, he's now worked himself into the conversation of the uncertain guys. And, you know, that's Cam Akers, that's Travis Etienne, that's now Brees Hall and Ezekiel Elliott with some of their concerns. That's, uh, I think, I, I'm not saying he should go ahead or behind these guys. I'm just saying where, where people are, I think, starting to debate him. Um, Elijah Mitchell, uh, Miles Sand, you know, that group. He, he's, he's either been in that group for some people or ahead of that group for others. Um, you know, there, there is a clear path to success for him right now. And, my only worry with with what his downside could be, to be honest with you, is what role in the passing game will he have? Will he have a significant role or will he have a, a minor role? And, you know, he was in some short yardage. He was in some third down short yard situations yesterday, uh, but he wasn't in on obvious passing downs so far. And so will Rex Burkhead, who's, um, you know, may or may not be better than him in that role, going to stay in that? Is Marlon Mack going to take him off the field for a significant stretch? Is that I don't think, but... Uh, I'm excited. I think he's got an opportunity to be a really good fantasy option. Yeah. I mean, round six is exactly where I would expect he's going to go. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in round five, actually. Um, I feel like this is now we've reached the point to where I'm not going to be able to draft Damian Pierce anymore, um, which I drafted him plenty early in the summer. So that feels good. Um, but he's probably still not going to have a huge third down role, and he's still on a bad team. So... Like the guy who I would like to move him ahead of is Josh Jacobs, but I think he's probably in a, like the exact same situation as Josh Jacobs on a much worse offense. So I, I'm not going to be able to do that. 
What about Cam Akers? I know Dave has been the low guy on Cam Akers, uh, so I'm assuming that's easy for you, Dave. Pierce over Akers? Nope. I still have Akers oh. over Pierce. Wow. And again, I know that same situation. I know that seems what? Is it again, same situation, worse offense? Yeah. Is it though? But, because I mean I, that's I think pretty much it. Like I think that clear. Pierce has I think that Pierce doesn't have as much upside as Akers. I just think I don't know. Like Akers definitely has more. His downside is zero. Who knows how good he'll be? And Pierce can be all right. I'm just look. Pierce looked good. I think he ran better. I think he was a better balanced runner than he was in his first game. I think he might have been just like way too excited in the first preseason game. And he, you know, still ran very well against San Francisco. But Niners were without a bunch of their starters. That made the offensive line for Houston look really, really good. It's. I, I think. He, I think he's a good low end. Number two fantasy running back. And I think round six is fine. I'll take him in late round six, but I'm I'm not shooting him into round five saying, yeah, he's, he's going to be awesome. You know, it's still the Texans. They're still not expected to be particularly good. I can't imagine there's going to be a lot of games where he's getting 20 carries. Right. But he, you said he's in the same situation as acres. Uh, I, I guess I would argue that he's going to dominate carries for the Texans, whereas Akers has to contend with Daryl Henderson. Do you see that? See, I, I don't know if that's happening in Houston. Okay. If that were happening in Houston, then I think we'd be a little more open. Why wouldn't that happen? I mean, he is... I think Because I, I think... I just think that Houston's going to use other running backs, too. Jamie already pointed out that he really hasn't played much on third downs. Yeah, that I get, but I'm just talking Someone's specifically going to be there. carries. I know, I'm mean, not going to get every carry. Team, he'll spell them a little bit. Like, they're not going to just... I don't Dave. think they're going to dump everything on David. I will no, say no, this, no, though. No, if, you're, if you're concerned about Rex Burkhead and Marlon Mack, he's in a really good spot. That's what I'm saying. It's like I know he's not going to have 100% or 90% of the carries, but if I'm looking at the Akers versus Henderson, Henderson split compared to the just carries, just carries, compared to the Pierce versus everyone else in Houston split, I would think Pierce is going to have a bigger percentage of the carries than Cam Akers, at least, in, at least at the beginning of the year with the caveat, assuming Daryl Henderson is back for week one. Yeah, I would expect it to be pretty similar, but I just, I haven't really bought into the Daryl Henderson being a one B if Cam Akers is okay. 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 Uh, that's uh that's the big stuff from last night. We'll talk more about the games a little bit later. Ronald Jones auditioning, um, wondering if maybe, he gets cut if he could actually have some value. I mean, would what if he ends up in Atlanta or something like that, you know? Because uh, Ronald Jones at least. They did carry four guys last year, though. So they could carry four guys again. Sure. And Derek Gore is gone, so. All right. Yep. Well, give me one player as we head into the weekend and people are drafting. Give me one player that you've been gravitating towards that you find yourself higher on or drafting a lot more just recently. Dave, I'll start with you. I'm not sure. I don't know if there's necessary. I'm looking at my rankings right now. Um, I don't know. One receiver that's caught my eye, and he did it more in the second preseason game, not the third preseason game, is Nico Collins. I like the way that he can turn back toward the quarterback quickly. He's a big guy. They both Lovey and Davis Mills after the second preseason game talked about Nico Collins as someone that they're going to want to use a lot in one-on-one situations. I think he'll be in a lot of one-on-one situations. And I think Houston's going to end up throwing because of game script more than they'd like. And I think that would also help Nico Collins. Okay. Uh, let's go to Heath. Heath, one player you've been gravitating towards lately. 
I was trying to think of someone besides Mark Andrews, Aaron Jones, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, the guys that I say every time. Um, I think it's Adam Thielen because it seems like he just falls and falls and falls until I decide to take him. And I tweeted out last week like that there's basically no difference between Adam Thielen and Mike Evans week one through 12 last year or the year before that. So yeah, Mike Adam Thielen is older and he might get hurt again. But I don't think that there should be a four-round difference between the two of them. And also, let's talk about Adam Thielen versus you know guys that I've seen go in that range. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, Darnell Mooney. I think you like Mooney better, right? I like Mooney. I've got them back-to-back. But um, I, I think the guy that's most interesting is Gabe Davis. Because I think we're kind of hoping that Gabe Davis can be Adam Thielen. Yeah, I, I will just say that Gabe Davis, I, I well, actually, I don't know about on CBS. And he's going no, Gabe Davis couple. is behind Thielen on CBS. That shocks me. But never that, in our drafts. Never in yeah. our drafts. And on, nope. on other sites, I don't think that's the case either. But, um, yeah, like what about, I mean, for you, I'm sure it's easy. Alan Lazard versus Thielen. Dave, uh, Dave and Jamie, Lazard or Thielen? Thielen. Yep. Yeah, I always get mad when Heath drafts Thielen like two picks before. I'm, it happens Every draft, he always takes. I think Thielen. the last two drafts, I've drafted Thielen like two picks after Alan Lazard. Mm. I would take Thielen ahead of Lazard. I hope it has. I've been the one taking because I like Lazard. I take Lazard a lot, but I'd rather have Thielen. <laughs> All right, Jamie, one player you've been gravitating toward lately? Uh, Christian Kirk. Um, the the usage in that preseason game against the Steelers, you know, made me realize I was too low on him, and you know, he's he's in this uh, Thielen Lazard range for me. You know, behind them, but in that range, and so. Uh, especially when we see these drafts that we've been doing, which I think is reflective of a lot of, you know, experienced fantasy players in PPR, certainly the high stakes leagues when receivers get pushed up a lot. Um, you know, he's, he's now a, a round six, seven pick. And I don't think anybody was drafting him there in our drafts for sure at the start of this. And so, you know, if he's, if he's going to be this much of a uh, popular option for Trevor Lawrence, it's hard to overlook what he can be in PPR. All right, so you got three names there that uh, Dave says he's going with uh, gravitating toward Nico Collins late. Heath, Adam Thielen, Jamie, Christian Kirk. I've got a big announcement here for those of you who signed up. That was up. pretty good by Thomas, by the way, to get that up quickly. What did he get up? I didn't even see. I mean, he had no idea I was saying Christian Kirk. But. No, he didn't. Yeah, he must have had that <laughs> ready to go. Oh, I think Christian Kirk is in the ADP risers. So, uh, But you know what? Why? Good, Great job, Thomas. Right? Just like come up with that graphic immediately, Will. Yeah. Uh, Praise the man. I want to talk about a couple of tournaments, just so everybody can hear me mispronounce that word, that are coming up here. If you signed up on eBay for our best ball tourney and you haven't gotten an email or a verification that you're in a league, which is being run on my fantasy league, uh, please go to the FF Today Twitter account. Or you can probably find it in my Twitter account too, at Adam Azer. But if you go to the... to the fan, What is the handle for a fantasy football today. I should know this. FF today or is it fantasy football today? Hold on. Um, it's at FF today. Handle? Yeah, at FF today. At FF today. Yes. So go there and all of the instructions are there. If you already donated, you just fill out a form with your email address, put your email address in there and we'll reach out to you and get you in the competition. Uh, the other one is the poker tournament and that is Monday night and you can find that on the Fantasy Football Today uh, Twitter handle as well, at FF Today, or that you can also find 
probably easier if you just search my tweets at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. If you want to be in the poker tournament, um, yes, please find that. And we're benefiting St. Jude, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's Monday night. So please be a part of that and be very helpful. Again, we're trying to raise as much money as we can, and, and we need your help. All right, quick random question here. Out of this group of wide receivers in rounds two to three, who has the most bust potential? We talk about how much we love this group so much, but round two to three, Debo Samuel, C.D. Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. Who has the most bust potential? Debo, Lamb, Tyreek Hill, Evans, A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. Heath, what's your pick? I think it has to be Debo Samuel, um, just because of how outlandish his efficiency was, how unusual his role was, and now the uncertainty with Trey Lance's passing and how the offense will change, the possibility that Brandon Ayuk could just begin the year where Brandon Ayuk was in the middle of the year last year. Um, it has to be Debo, but I would give an honorable mention to Keenan Allen, who has some age concerns and some Mike Williams concerns and some Josh Palmer concerns, maybe. Dave, who's got the most bust potential in that group? I'll make the case for Mike Evans, just because he's one of the elder statesmen of that group, doesn't get a slew of targets, needs the touchdown volume from Tom Brady. I don't think you can count on him to get to 1,300 yards, 1,000 yards, sure, and probably should be drafted toward the end of this group at this point. Okay, Jamie, most bust potential in that group? Um, it's Debo by far. You know, it's uh, everything Heath alluded to. And, you know, on top of the fact that if Kittle stays healthy for a full season, you know, that's another guy that's going to just eat away at his targets. And if Elijah Mitchell comes back at 100% and stays healthy, then with Jeff Wilson there and how many running backs they may use, he may not get as many carries as we saw, which I think anybody should expect that. So uh, it, it's Debo by a mile. Okay. All right, we got some news and notes here. We do have to talk more about Ezekiel Elliott without Tyron Smith. And then after this, we are going to give you some ADP risers and ADP fallers. But the big news, and Dave, you have a good stat on this as well. Uh, Tyron Smith unlikely to return until December uh, due to the hamstring injury. And ESPN had a stat over the past five seasons, Ezekiel Elliott has averaged four and a half yards per carry with Tyron Smith on the field and four yards per carry with Smith off the field. <laughs> as a half a yard per carry worse over the last five seasons. I went and dug into it a little bit more and just looked at the games that Tyron Smith has missed. And I think that stat might be weighted a lot heavily in the last two seasons because he well, had 2020 for sure. 2020. Yeah. 2020, there were 13 games that Tyron Smith missed and Zeke averaged 4.1 yards per carry in those games last year. Jack missed Almost all, almost all of them, yeah. yeah. Uh, last year, there were six games, and Zeke averaged 5.1, 2.9, 3.6, 3.3, 4.1, and 4.9 yards per carry. And that 4.9 was Week 18 against the Eagles backups. Uh, I looked at the, you know, the, the first four years, 2016, 17, 18, 19, it wasn't that bad. I mean, there was, there was, it was better. So, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't know what to make of it. But it, there was also the stat about the explosive plays, Dave, with and without Tyron Smith. Sure. If you do it over the last two seasons, his explosive play rate, this is the percentage of plays where he's getting, I think the number is 12 or more rushing yards on a carry. 4.1% without Smith, 7.6% with Tyron Smith on the field. Those are both, you know, not great numbers. Maybe 7.6 is okay, but 4.1 is bad. 
Uh, his zero slash negative yard rate. These are carries that get him zero or negative yards. Without Tyron Smith, that was at 16.2. So it's like four times as many as the explosive play rates. His rush EPA was minus 0.19. He had one rushing touchdown every 32.9 attempts. Um, his avoided tackle rate was actually very high, but I think that's just a sign of bad blocking and he's trying to escape. It doesn't mean he's getting anywhere. Um, 1.19 yards before contact per rush. Uh, that might be just as valuable as yards per carry. Bottom line is that he's he's definitely slowing down. We've documented that on this show all offseason long, and he is considerably worse without Tyron Smith. And I don't think the rookie they drafted is about to come in and play gangbusters at left tackle. I don't think he's ready for that. I move Zeke way down. I'm, I'm going to be out on Ezekiel Ooh. Elliott. He's like a late round five pick for me now. Uh, um, D- Damian Pierce, uh, just follow, just to close with Dave. Damian. No, Pierce, I or? still I still have Zeke ahead of Pierce, but that's yeah. just me being uh, a stickler on Pierce. There's another thing I want to mention. Zeke did an interview on SiriusXM NFL Radio, and they asked him about how he's going to rebound this year. And one of the points he brought up is that he's going to be fresher because of TP. And I'm not talking about uh, the TP yeah. we all use. <laughs> We're talking about Tony Pollard, <laughs> and so he's mentioning Tony Pollard as a reason why he'll stay fresher. So drum beats getting louder for Tony Pollard having a significant role in the offense. It actually makes a ton of sense if they use him as a receiver because they're thin on that until Michael Gallup is good to go. But if he gets work on top of that as a as you know traditional running back, that's a lot of work off of Zeke's plate. I'm not sure I moved him down enough. He's a late round five pick in PPR. Okay. Heath? Um do we have, and I can try to find this, but do we have any information on Tony Pollard's averages with and without time? I can stuff? find it. I can find it because I still have the the pages open, and it's an easy find for me to do. So give me a minute. It's right. not just though. It's not just Tyron Smith. There's no Lyle Collins who was part of that offensive line the last two seasons, and he's not there anymore. Connor Williams was part of the offensive line. He's not there anymore. You go back to the numbers you referenced Adam when he was doing a great job with. That was with. Uh, Travis Frederick, yep. I would imagine, for a good portion of that as well. And we know how much he meant to this offense, their center. So, you know, Zeke is, is just huh. tough to trust <laughs> at this point. You know, it's it's just offensive line change, uh, downgrade. It's his decline. You know, I mean, the thing that's propping Zeke up, which is, is still a good thing, is you know he's going to get the chance to be the leader in touches. Right. They have made that painfully clear jerry jones going out of his way to make that painfully clear and mike mccarthy's too much of a puppet to go against what jerry wants to do and so it's only a matter of time before <laughs> at, at, at whatever scenario tony pollard just proves to be that much better or the team is struggling that they're going to make a switch not necessarily a full-on switch where tony pollard is the lead guy but clearly make it more of a of a 50 50 change so i mean you know my stance on zeke i was starting to warm up to him before the tyron smith injury now i can't trust it for the record if jerry jones was paying me like $10 million a year. I, I would do what he says a lot of the time too, just for the record. All right, Heath, I've got your stats. This is the past two seasons of Tony Pollard without Tyron Smith on the field. Uh, his rush APA minus 0.10. So technically it's better than Zeke's, but not by a lot. Success rate, 34.8%. Uh, plays of zero or negative yards. These are just rushes of zero or negative yards. 20.6%. That's worse than Zeke. Avoided tackle rate, 30.5%. That is huge. Explosive play rate, 10.6%. That's oh, pretty that's good. Much better than Zeke. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, 
But that's worse really, than the he, only other thing, and this is a stat just for Adam, is his yards per rush were four point five, which is really good. And it was five. It was uh, ba 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 five point eight with Tyron. Smith wow. Last year. <laughs> I mean, Pollard. that was that's kind of Pollard. my point. Like, I don't. I think if and I don't disagree with downgrading Zeke, I I'll have him around twenty one as well. I'm not I'm not the high guy on Zeke, and um, that's not the point of the Tony Pollard thing. It's just like I don't think this is a the negative negativity for Zeke can be is anything other than a negativity for Pollard as well. Well, yeah, I, I, think I, I agree. It, they, they, there should be a little bit of a downgrade for him also, but if they are going to use him more in the passing game, and that's his role, not that Zeke will not be used in the passing game, but if Tony Pollard is you know. How do we make up for no Gallup, no Washington, and, and Tolbert being a rookie? And that's what they're going to do with him. You know, some safer throws for, for Dak, more pressure in his face, ball out quicker. Um, Pollard may win because of this, as opposed to necessarily losing because of this. Yeah, and I, just to kind of clarify the reason why I brought up these stats on Zeke the last two years and the, and the years before that. I mean, Zeke hasn't been as good of a running back the last two years, and that's when he spent most of his time without Tyron Smith. So, but but Dave, you specifically looked within those two years at with and without Smith, and the numbers were just worse. Uh, so, yeah. so it, yeah, so it's hard to just make the from case rushing. That I don't have good. it on receiving; it's strictly rushing. Yeah. But the, but the it's problem, problem is, look, it, it's it, it's certainly relevant, but it, there's so many other moving parts to this. Yeah, you know, yeah. When, when you have all these different line changes, you know, and that that's the thing that's made Zeke. You know, he's an unbelievable player, and and he's been so good. The thing that takes him from star to superstar has been this offensive line. You know, and and that's a big reason why he's been so successful. And now it's yeah. just decimated. Yeah, I, I at guess least on paper. I talked about it on HQ yesterday. Though. It's look at the other players around him: David Montgomery, Brees Hall. <laughs> I mean, is the Cowboys' line worse than than those lines? Definitely not in the case of Montgomery. Uh, Travis Etienne is he going to have a good offensive line? I don't think so. Yes, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's going to be great, but it's going to be good. Um, close to league average. I know they got Brandon Scherf, um, but maybe not that close. They got they got some issues. I don't know. I guess I can look at where PFF ranked them. I don't know if anybody cares. Uh anyway, let's move on. So, uh more news real quick here. There was a pretty big brawl in the Rams Bengals joint practice. I don't know if those two teams have any history or not. San Francisco Damn, center. Yeah, and Aaron Donald. How is he not getting suspended? He will. You think he will? Yes, I don't think he will, but it's in practice. Should. I don't know. It would be it doesn't it would matter. Be a new, new standard by the NFL if they suspend him. But, yeah, they don't. Their policy is that the teams are responsible for that. I can't imagine the Rams are going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so someone posted a, a a screenshot of the helmet actually hitting somebody else's head, and it dented. <laughs> oh my Whoa. god! The head or the helmet? The the helmet he was swinging it, it like I don't know if it if it stayed that way you know if it just flexed but it like it, it smushed <laughs> yeah <No. it's> like <laughs> that's <laughs> Jamie's laughing uh, by the way Jaguars according to PFF twenty sixth best offensive line this was over a month ago this article came out uh, that's just their guess preseason uh, J- Jimmy Ward San Francisco safety could miss substantial time good very important player for them. Jets yeah. wide receiver Denzel Mims has requested a trade. Juju Smith-Schuster did not practice but he's, and did not play, but he seems like he's making progress. Kenny Pickett is making a late push to be the starting quarterback, according to Mark Caballi of The Athletic. Guys, real quick, who do you want? If you have Deontay Johnson or Chase Claypool or George Pickens or Pat Fryermuth, who do you want to be the quarterback, Pickett or Trubisky? I'm good with either one, to be honest with you. Yeah. I love um, Trubisky, but I want Pickett because he has more upside. 
one more note on the the Chiefs, Adam. Uh, M, um, Juju was was warming up with Mahomes before the game, so that's a good sign. That's MBS good sign. is in the concussion protocol. Yes. Um, Thank you. So keep an eye on that because if that's serious and that lingers, uh, right now I think their pecking order at receiver and Heath, correct me if I'm wrong, is Juju one, MBS two, uh, Hardman three, Watson four, and Sky Moore five based on their usage. And so, yeah, man, more, I think that's more right. is not going to stay there, right? But that's where they're starting right now. And any absence to clearly any of the top two will certainly increase the value for Sky Moore. Yeah, I think uh, that's an ADP early. faller but that I love, by the way. Yeah, yeah I think especially guys early in the year, you Miko Hardman could get a much bigger role than what we're projecting if if Juju or MVS misses time. Correct. Okay, so I was going to bring this up when we talked about the preseason games, but there's not much to talk about other than Lance and Pierce. There's some. But Watson uh, is having a really good preseason. Does he matter in that Chiefs receiving room? Could he be a sleeper in fantasy? I picked him up in uh, Dynasty League just because I had a roster spot to play with and see what happens. Um, it's so wide open. You know, it. it again, if, if something happens to Juju and he's banged up right now, and if, if this is is a lingering concussion for MVS. I don't think he has a lengthy concussion history, but um, you want guys tied to Mahomes. <laughs> you know, I mean, if there's an opportunity here for him to make plays, you know, he's clearly looking for him and he's clearly getting open. And so starting caliber receiver in a two receiver league, no chance. Deep three receiver league, absolutely. He should be someone you should take a look at if your wrench spots are deep. You know, 14 team league, 16 team league, why not? Yeah. If, if he's the first guy you cut, who cares? Right. But Just, Justin sure. Watson, uh, Justin Watson for the Chiefs. I don't know if I want him tied to Mahomes. I don't really see how he's going to run in that well, if, scenario. If but if his right hand is free, that's <laughs> yeah. all you need from Mahomes. Uh, Trey, I, I mean, even his left hand isn't bad. Uh, True. Yeah, good that. point. Drake London still not practicing due to a knee injury. Traylon Burks missed Thursday's practice. Antonio Gibson expected to be the primary kick returner for Washington, and we are going to talk about him in just a moment. After we take this quick break on fantasy football today, ADP risers and fallers right after this. It's the NFL offseason, but on pick six, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. You never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Welcome back to FFT, your Friday edition. Remember, we have a Saturday mailbag. On that Saturday mailbag, we'll be talking about salary cap drafts. We're going to be actually be, uh, be recording that at about 11.15 a.m. Eastern on Friday for the people watching live. You can watch that live on Friday. All right, first ADP riser is Brian Robinson. Now, he is up 83 spots, and his ADP right now is 115th overall. But 
he could be even higher than that because obviously he was he was very very low before this. So Antonio Gibson is 26 spots down in CBS to 72nd overall. That puts Gibson at RB27 and Robinson at RB41. Now, if you look at Fantasy Football Calculator, they're both in the 40s. Gibson and Robinson are RBs 47 and 48. If you look at NFC ADP over the past week, Gibson is RB30. He's in the 80s. And Robinson is RB41. He's in the he's 117th. So basically, it seems like Robinson is still not a top 100 pick. And Gibson could be somewhere in the 80 range or could be somewhere in the 120 range. But how would you guys suggest we draft these Washington Commanders running backs, Dave Richard? I think you should draft Brian Robinson and let somebody else draft Antonio Gibson. Thank you. When would you draft Brian Robinson? I'm taking him in the 7-8 turn. I think he's worth taking with a top 85-ish pick. He's he's exactly what Washington wants at running back. Gibson wasn't giving it to him. North-south runner, good vision, really good power, really good balance, uh, good pass protector, physical, and can win in short yardage situations. He's been doing that in the preseason games, and I believe he's been doing that in practice too. They are tired of Antonio Gibson making mistakes, running east-west, dancing behind the line of scrimmage. I think the, all this talk about them – using him in space is just kind of a ploy to try and trade him because I've got JD McKissick for that. McKissick can do it too. If they don't trade him, then Gibson's a backup to both Robinson and McKissick. I think Robinson's going to be the lead guy there. We've seen Gibson score double digit touchdowns each of the past two seasons for the commanders. Look, I think that there's some pretty good upside for Robinson and I'm happy to take him. I'm happy to draft him as a number three RB. He's in the early thirties for me in my PPR rankings. When, if you're getting him as your fourth RB, if you're getting him in round nine or round 10, you're you're taking advantage of your league mates, and so, you should not feel bad about it at all. And I think you're higher on Damian Harris than I am, but where do you have Robinson compared to Harris? Because that's the guy that I kind of keep coming back to is where I think he's probably a poor man's version of Damian Harris. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I've got Harris a spot ahead of him. Would not surprise me if Robinson had... 15 to 20 more receptions than Harris, which is me saying that I think Robinson can have 15 or 20 receptions this year. No, Harris had 15 or 20 last year, didn't he? Maybe, but I'm just I making Harris a joke. Harris has 18 in his suspense. career, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So I'm just making a joke about Harris. I still think Harris is the lead running back for New England as long as he's with New England. And I think he's got the potential to score as many, if not more, touchdowns than Robinson. So, yes, I'm drafting Harris out of him. I'm drafting... Yeah, Damian Pierce out of him, Devin Singletary, Edmonds, Miles Sanders. Uh, that happens to be the order. All those guys ahead of Harris and then Brian Robinson. Um, but I, I think he's a fantastic value. And where I'm drafting him, that's me. Where you guys can draft him, you're you're going to get even better value because your league has. I, I'm 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 going to just put an asterisk on what you said because Harris left practice on Thursday, Wednesday, and maybe hurt. So there's your out. Oh, of course that would change yeah. things. I did not. I know think that. I think oh, we're going to. I think we're going to see, I, at least I know, I, I have uh, three drafts. I'm probably going to overdraft for Andre Stevenson this weekend because in the off chance that, that Harris does miss any time because, I mean, for me, they're very close to begin with. And so I'll probably take uh, Stevenson maybe a round or two before he goes uh, if, if Harris misses any time. So a little piece of advice for you there. And, 
And I, I would just say like, I'm, I'm still pretty opposite on this whole thing. I'm, I'm right about where ADP is, um, round eight for Gibson round nine, 10 for Robinson. I, I'm just not as sure that this thing with Gibson where he's at right now is permanent. And if things go well for Antonio Gibson, and I'll have Robinson a little higher than 45. I've got a rankings update this afternoon. But if things go right for Gibson, I still think he has a lot more upside than Robinson does. All right. Next up, before I yeah, get to that. Yeah, just go McKissick. Go away, J.D. <laughs> Uh, please hit the like button, by the way. There are like 650 people watching right now, and we have 57 likes. So if you wouldn't wow, mind. That's rude. Yeah, we have almost 700 people watching. So just please hit that like button. We'd appreciate it. We'll help our content grow. Uh, thank you very much. Also, we had a $100 donation not too long ago in the YouTube chat. So thank you so much. I'm trying to find who that was who did that. Sean Boy donated $100. We're up to $3.1,000 and we've got less than a week to get to our goal. I don't know if we'll get to 10K here on YouTube. Um, we've obviously blown. Yes, we will. Overall. All right, let's let's try it. So please hit donate if you can. Anything, five bucks, ten bucks, whatever it is. Uh, but um, you know, I appreciate that. All right, let's. Go. Adam will match your donations up to fifty cents. <laughs> uh, Alan Robinson is up fifteen spots. He's now 59th overall on CBS, but he's wide receiver 18, which is pretty low for. 59th overall is low for wide receiver 18. It just shows you how, I guess, running back heavy it is early on CBS. Um, he's wide receiver wide receiver 27 on Fantasy Football Calculator, wide receiver 20 on NFC over the past week. But Allen Robinson is a riser. Any reason for that, Jamie? I mean, I, I, I'm an Allen Robinson guy, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's rising. He should be rising. I think he's in the same range of guys, should be in the same range of guys like Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams, and Brandon Cooks. From where we are, where we are, for where I am expecting him to perform. Um, obviously, Brandon Cooks continues to be the most disrespected player in the history of the game. Um, but in any event, uh, Robinson might be this year as well. Um, I think just based on what his role should be for the Rams, we saw, you know, the combination of Robert Woods and Odell Beckham, and and what those opportunities could be for a player that might be at this point better than those two guys um, where they were. And so the 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 lack of a, a proven third receiver at this point with Van Jefferson banged up, uh, I think makes that even more attractive for both Cooper Cup and, and Robinson. Really, the only concern I have for Robinson is Stafford's elbow. And so if Stafford has any problem during the season and misses time, then <laughs> poor Allen Robinson is stuck with John Walford in another bad quarterback scenario. But best quarterback and coach he's ever going to be with. And I think the car wash in Los Angeles will be fantastic for Brown Robinson's upside this year. Allen Robinson or Marquise Brown? Robinson easily for me. Me um, too. I'm the low guy on Robinson, and I've still got him ahead of Marquise Brown. Allen Robinson or Cortland Sutton? Sutton. Sutton, but so. Last one, Allen Robinson or uh, uh, Jalen Waddle? Robinson. Allen Robinson. You should have done AFC Allen Robinson, but um, <laughs> you knew AFC Allen Robinson is right. Mike Williams? Deontay Johnson. Um, I'm not feeling that. Why? High yeah. volume, low efficiency, terrible quarterback play. Is he? High I think volume? the efficiency is going to go up for Johnson. Is Allen Robinson think high volume? That bad. I was talking. No, about I think what he could get high throughout their careers. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Uh, all right, AJ Dillon is up 11 spots. I'm going to go right back to Jamie on this one because you've been banging the drum for AJ Dillon. He's now RB 26. 
69th overall on CBS, 51st overall on FF Calculator, on Fantasy Football Calculator, 58th overall. So we're talking about late round five for A.J. Dillon and, you know, anywhere from RB22 to RB26. What do you think about that? I would draft A.J. Dillon over Ezekiel Elliott right now. Um, I think there is... An opportunity here, it's twofold for me with, with Dylan in that regard, in that comparison. But I do think that he's going to, um, it might be by one, but he's going to lead the Packers in carries. I think he's going to lead the Packers in rushing touchdowns. I think it's going to be very close in terms of rushing yards. Um, I, obviously, Aaron Jones' total yards are going to be better than A.J. Dillon, and his catches are going to be significantly better if both stay healthy. But in the event that Aaron Jones gets hurt, A.J. Dillon will be a top-five running back. I think you're just going to see his role in the pass game. He had four games last year with at least four catches. He averaged over 15 PPR points in those games. And that wasn't totally all with Aaron Jones not playing. And so I've said this a billion times. Rank the skill players for the Packers. Aaron Jones is one. A.J. Dillon is two. And so I think we're going to see a little bit more of a run-heavy approach for the Packers this year. Not that they're not going to throw and certainly throw in the red zone. But I think A.J. Dillon has, A, the ability to be successful without an injury and could be an absolute monster if Jones misses any time. He can catch, too. I don't know if people really remember the games that he played in without Aaron Jones. He was getting targets. He's And they like his receiving ability. I view A.J. Dillon as the gatekeeper to the dead zone. So I don't even want to use say he's a bridge running back to the dead zone, but I think he's the last running back you can draft with really good confidence before you get to Zeke, Jacobs, and the rest. What about Brees Hall and Travis Etienne versus A.J. Dillon? I got those guys um, higher because of upside. I, I I honestly was torn with Dylan versus I, I would take Dylan over ETN in non PPR. Um, I was torn with Dylan over Hall because I think you know just again that that lottery ticket upside. But I'm not going to be that stupid and, and not think Hall has that potential as well. So Hall mm-hmm. Hall over um, Dylan. All right, Heath Kenneth Gainwell. This one, I don't know, man. It's, I, no, I get it. It's because Miles Sanders is hurt. Kenneth Gainwell is up 14 spots. Question is, you know, he's uh, Kenneth Gainwell on all three websites, CBS Sports, Fantasy Football Calculator, NFC over the past week, is in the round 10-ish range, you know, somewhere between 113th to 126th overall. Uh, that's his ADP for Gainwell. You know, should Boston Scott also be on the rise? You know, how much better is Gainwell than Boston Scott as a backup option to Miles Sanders for fantasy purposes? I mean, he might not be any better at all, but I think he has a bigger role if Miles Sanders is playing the part-time role as the uh, sometimes healthy lead back of the Eagles. Um, But this is right about where I have Gainwell. Like, moving 14 spots when you're in round 10 or 11 is... Is not not a huge leap. I think this is a combination of the report maybe that came out that said Gainwell is going to do more on short yardage and in passing downs, and also the fact that Miles Sanders hasn't done anything for like two and a half weeks, or at least hasn't fully participated in the practice. Um, this this makes sense. He's he's a he really belongs right in this range. All right, and Dave, I want to talk about two receivers who have risen to about the same area, and they are behind. Guys like Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, Amonra St. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. It's Christian Kirk, who's up 14 spots, and George Pickens, who's up 11 spots, uh, and and actually three, and Brandon Ayuk. Um, so Kirk, Pickens, Ayuk. These are all uh, around wide receiver 40. And, you know, we're talking about getting them as, as number four wide receivers. Kirk, Pickens, Ayuk. How would you rank them? 
I would rank them Kirk, Ayuk, Pickens, because let's be real, Pickens is still a candidate to be third on the team in targets in Pittsburgh. I know that we want to say second, and I know that he was exciting in that first preseason game, but I, I just I, I can't buy into him on the same level as Christian Kirk and Brandon Ayuk. And honestly, I think Kirk might be on his own level compared to Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk is good. He he definitely looks um this is going to sound weird, but more engaged and a little more diverse in his route running based on what I've saw in the preseason game against Houston. The concerns about Trey Lance and his accuracy, that dings him a little bit. Um, how pass heavy will San Francisco be? That dings him a little bit. I think Jacksonville is going to be very pass heavy. I think that they're going to end up throwing a lot. I think Kirk's the number one target. And he's, I think he, I think he, I don't think Kirk's going to have like an all-star type year, but I think he'll have a lot of, 13 PPR point games. And maybe that even settles in as close to a floor for him better than what he was in Arizona, because the opportunity is better than what he had in Arizona. And he's around seven pick for me in full PPR. Yeah. Kirk is. And you can get it much later than that round 10 round nine. And yes. and for Kirk, would you guys take Kirk over Amari Cooper, Devante Smith, Elijah Moore, Amonra St. Brown, those guys, not one of them. I'll take uh, St. Brown, Kirk, more for me. So I have a rank. I would only take him ahead of Devonta Smith. Okay. And they're back to back for me, but I'm, I've, I, I think Smith's a little better. I think we did a profile on him. Me, uh, Jacob Gibbs did the profile. I, I hosted that. And I think the case was that Christian Kirk was pretty much held back by Larry Fitzgerald because he couldn't play the slot. Yeah, early on. And when he finally got to be a slot guy, his efficiency shot up, and they're going to use him in the slot in Jacksonville. And, you know, it's going to unlock something in Christian Kirk, basically. Uh, Cole Komet is up 29 spots. He's still tight end 14. He's behind three guys who all have those red down arrows next to them, so I could see Komet jumping all of them. Mike Gesicki, Pat Fryermuth, and Hunter Henry. Would you take? Uh, why are people still drafting Gasick? They're not really. I think he's going to plummet. But if he gets traded, could be yeah, great. I, I still, may, yeah, maybe. It depends on where he goes. Like, even if he's in this new, different role, there's no reason he can't be a high end tight end, too, still. Sure. But like, especially if Waddle's hurt. Yeah. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know that he should fall too much more. I'd still. Komet, Heath, would you take Komet, the riser, over Gasicki, Fryermuth, and Hunter Henry? I have had him ahead of those three since uh, March. So, yes, I I would definitely take Komet over those guys. I would take Komet over Zach Ertz at this point. Same. PPR. Uh, by the yeah. way, stay to you would. Whoa, that's I'm sorry. Yes. I, was, I glossed that's, over it's that. It's actually that's become a, a pretty one. easy call. It is? Y- yeah, yes. I love, well, yeah, I mean, I would not do that. Uh, you know, it's well, first off, Ertz is banged up. I don't know what's going on there. Um, second of all, once we get to week seven, where is the target? Why, yes, well, I guess I after week seven, I think Komet should have more targets than Zach Ertz, but uh, you know. I think that Komet, that Ertz has a better quarterback. And those first six weeks are really important, you know? Sure. I mean, but in the first six weeks, Komet might have more targets also. He might. He, 
He sure, he certainly looked good in that one drive in the second preseason game. I mean, he, I'm not even being sarcastic. He really did. He saw a little potential there, but you don't want to. You don't there want was that blown to be the coverage reason. on the bigger play. There was like a 19 yard play where yeah the Seahawks messed up covering him. My point is, I but, don't want that to be the reason why he's rising. That's just all I wanted to say. But uh, no, it's, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's, it's all those factors. Ertz banged up. Ertz a little older. Um, you know, increased weapons for for the Cardinals once we get to the middle of this, or the past the first quarter of the season. Um, I just think Komet, you know, we've, we've illustrated this time and time again, his target opportunities on this team are going to be very, very opportunistic and he should take advantage of it. When Hopkins was healthy with Ertz last year, Ertz's target share was under 15%. Not a lot of time though, right? A game no, a because Hopkins was gone. Right, right. It when was Hopkins got hurt, Ertz became a thing. So you can draft, here's how you look at it. You can draft Zach Ertz to be your tight end one to begin the season, or you can draft Cole Komet to potentially be your tight end one all season long in PPR. Okay. It's an easy choice. All right. Let's talk about some ADP followers. Listen, we're shows wrapping up, uh, you know, in a little bit, but stay tuned after the fallers. I have some podcast league entries that I want to read and or play for you. So that's going to be some fun, interactive stuff for you. We have a uh, Pearl Jam cover. It's time. Oh, not that. Sorry. We have that. Why can't I hit that? It, we have a Pearl Jam cover, I promise. Uh, that's coming up. So, ADP fallers. George Kittle is down nine spots. He's still tight end four. He's tight end four, 48th overall now. Um, Waller's probably someone who's going to fall, too, with the injury tag. But, you know, who's getting nervous about Kittle even in round five? Is George Kittle around six pick at this point? Heath? Yep. Oh, Heath? Let me go. Sorry. Let me go with Heath. Yeah, I, I've got, um, and I may have Waller joining him, but I've got Kittle, Goddard, and Schultz basically back to back to back in round six. Um, I I think I'll probably actually have Goddard ahead of Kittle by the time we get to tomorrow morning because I've wanted to do it for a while now anyway. Um, I just, I think it's it's fear over Trey Lance. It's fear over the connection that Trey Lance has with Brandon Ayuk. And like Dave made reference to George Pickens being third, it, Brandon Ayuk might be third too. Like uh, George Kittle and Debo Samuel is pretty stiff competition, but Kittle might be third behind Ayuk and Samuel. It's it's um, kind of up in the air. And third in an offense that could throw 500 passes like the Eagles did last year is a real problem. Yeah. Do you um, know why he might be third? Because I mean, Trey Lance we, throws downfield all the time. It, it's a little bit of Trey. It's a lot of Trey Lance because it's not just Trey Lance throwing downfield or Trey Lance being inaccurate or Trey Lance running with the football. That offensive line's got some issues, and they're going to need George Kittle to help block. And he's already been doing a lot of that over the course of his career, and he still put up great numbers. But I'm I'm squeamish <laughs> that he might have to keep that blocking up, and with the inefficiencies that could come with the passing game. Uh, I've already made the move. I've got Goddard ahead of Kittle. So that's the thing. Like, I wonder that thing you said about Kittle, which I think could be true. I've been wondering the last couple of days, is that now more true with Dalton Schultz because of the Tyron Smith injury? Could it's be. possible. Well, we know Kittle is a great blocker. You know, what about Schultz? I don't think that's his Not at that level. <laughs> well, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 not at that. But, you know, I don't think he's really a, much of a blocker, is he? No, I, I, I'm not sure, so I don't want to say yes or no to that question, but I would counter it with another question. Can the Cowboys afford to have Dalton Schultz as a blocker on passing plays? 
If it means what are they left Dak with? Prescott upright, they'll use anybody they have to block. Well, they might use a second tight end for something. Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would think that's you got CD Lamb. Are they, they're really going to lean on um, Tolbert and Simi Fahoko or whoever else until no. Gallup's yeah. back and Pollard? I think they need I, they need Schultz in the passing game. All right. Uh, so let me just finish up with the followers here. Let's go quick. D- Dak Prescott is down. He's a faller. Mm-hmm. And hey, this real is- quick, can I can you give me a second to go see how Dalton Schultz did with and without Tyron Smith last year? You go for it. Yeah. Report back. Right. Dak Prescott, yes. should he be behind uh Matthew Stafford and Aaron Rodgers? They have basically yep. the same ADP on CBS. Should be ahead of them. Yes. Yes. And I would say that on CBS, Tom Brady is ahead of Dak Prescott, but on Fantasy Football Calculator and NFC over the past week, Dak Prescott is being drafted ahead of Tom Brady. So that really surprises me. I mean, that could be because of the whole Mass Singer absence crap. Maybe. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sky Moore and Chris Olave, I wanted to talk about them. At, at what point do they become good values? Right now, they're around 11 picks. They're after pick 120. Jamie, Sky Moore and Chris Olave are fallers. And um, yeah, I would say they're around. Around 11 picks, basically. Uh, is that good, or, is there, or does it need to be even later? It's amazing for Olave because there is a, a, a big opportunity for him if, if Michael Thomas is not there because he's so talented and has an opportunity to maybe be first in targets on the Saints without Thomas playing, second on the team in targets with Thomas there. Obviously, you have to factor in Jarvis Landry, but we just haven't heard a lot of buzz from Olave aside from the one touchdown catch that he had. I think part of that also could be tied to Jameis Winston not being 100%. But um, I said this, I think, yesterday that, you know, Pete Prisco was in New Orleans. He's raving about just this receiving core in general, how they have more weapons than ever before, and then how Jameis can have a big opportunity in front of him because of these uh, targets that he has. So Olave, if, if he falls, is great. And really the same thing for Sky Moore. I, w- I would certainly take Olave over Moore. Um, Moore, though, again, is Juju 100%. We just don't know. Is MBS's concussion going to be a problem? We don't know. Is he more talented than those two guys? He might be. So, you know, Sky Moore falling is is somebody worth buying also. You know, um, you just have to understand what you're getting. You're getting a guy that may be buried on the depth chart for the entire season or may prove that he needs to be on the field. And if that's the case, being tied to Patrick Mahomes, not literally, uh, yeah. is good for him. <laughs> Heath, talk to me about, real quick, the preseason games last night and specifically Isaiah Pacheco. And if you want to talk about Davis Mills, my God, he has been just dreadful the last two games. No Laramie Tunsil, their left tackle. No Brandon Cooks. But ugh. anyway, Pacheco for the Chiefs, Davis Mills, and what that specifically what that means for for uh, Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I don't I don't want to evaluate um, Davis Mills when he's playing without his full starting offensive line when he's playing without his only proven. NFL wide receiver. I just don't think that's fair. Um, I think the worst case scenario is he doesn't improve on what he was last year. And then even then, like where I'm taking Brandon Cooks is too early, but where everybody else is taking Brandon Cooks is still a good deal. Okay. Pacheco. Um, I I did not see anything that's really changed my opinion. I think it's, I think Clyde is the clear number one. Pacheco is in the driver's seat for the number two, but McKinnon might, play more than him if there's no Clyde injury because McKinnon's going to do some of the third down stuff. McKinnon's going to do a lot of the third down stuff based on the preseason. If that carries over, I mean, he is their third down back, which is 
not great for Clyde. Uh, and would you guys rather have Damian Pierce or Clyde Edwards Zelaer? Or I'll throw in another one who, who play, played last night, uh, or who didn't play last night, Elijah Mitchell. How would you rank Pierce, Mitchell, CEH? Pierce, CEH, Mitchell. CEH, Pierce, Mitchell. CEH, Mitchell, Pierce. Dave will not jump on the Damian Pierce train. They're very close. <laughs> All They're right. very, I haven't watched. I haven't watched the Chiefs preseason game. And look, I, I'm not a huge He's fan fast, of Clyde dude. anymore. Oh, Pacheco's fast. Yeah, Clyde. I, like Pacheco, feels like he could be a threat. Like he could be better. He could be better than Clyde. Is that crazy? Because he did not have a good college career. His yards per carry is shockingly that low. That team was awful. I know, but that's so bad. <laughs> I mean, you don't see. Well, it was in the fours, right? I and mean, you just don't see that a lot from good NFL running backs. Um, he's explosive. He's very oh, fast. Very fast. He is. Yeah. He's got great balance. Took a hit on a catch and kept going in the first preseason game. I, I just, I wouldn't reach for him. You don't want to be in a position where, you know, you, you take him too soon. So don't Pacheco self before you wreck yourself. 4. I think 3, the Chiefs and Raiders situations very similar. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right, right. Dave said Pacheco stuff before you wreck, your, wreck yourself. Oh, it was good. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, it was very good. Sorry, Dave. Pacheco mate. All right, let's listen to... Let's. See. Do you want the Schultz stats? Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Without Tyron Smith the last two years, target share 17.5%, targets per route run 16.7%. Yards per route run, 1.15. Explosive play rate, 8.3%. With Tyron Smith, target share, 19%. Targets per route run, 19.1%. Yards per route run, 1.57%. Explosive play rate, 15.3%. This dude needs Tyron Smith they all, on the field. I bet they all have those types of splits. I shouldn't say that. I wonder if they all have those types of splits. I wonder if Dak Prescott has those types of splits. So just just to summarize, players need good left tackle. It's pretty extreme, though. I mean, these are these are pretty extreme. It, it makes you think that maybe we should be downgrading all of them. Yes, <laughs> we are. I think but that's I'm not, where but we're I'm, I'm honestly here. not. I'm not. I'm not downgrading Dalton Schultz. I'm taking him exactly. I'm taking him in round six as my. As yeah, my, but I, I mean. Uh, don't I think up. you've got it. No, I'm not, <laughs> I think you've got to consider Schultz versus Goddard now. I've had Goddard ahead, but yes, I think everyone else. Should. Yeah, I, and I haven't. It's an open question. I think Schultz would be maybe, 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 maybe even in the Hawkinson range. I don't know. He also could catch a hundred passes. Yeah, in his I, all right. How many times he could? <laughs> Dak's got to get the ball out. All right, so I read every podcast league entry, and I thank you all. I obviously did not respond to all of them. But I read them all, and uh, a sincere thank you to everyone for all the stories I think you've you shared. Give everybody feedback that you didn't choose, and let them know what you, they could do differently next year. There's nothing they can do differently. They could, they could, there could be fewer entries. That was the problem. The, I hate this exercise because I leave out so many people that I want to put in leagues, and I can't have 15 podcast leagues. But I do want to thank everyone for their entries. So I just want to read a few that stood out. O'Neill said, I also love that Adam speeds you guys up because he has so many important things to talk about, and then he will spend 20 minutes on his favorite chocolate. Uh, (laughs) I don't know about chocolate, but I I get that criticism. I get it. Brock wrote us a haiku. Dave and Heath are cool. Eisenberg and Azer rule. Urban is a tool. I like that. 
I got to give a shout out. Uh, Urban Meyer, by the way. I got to give a shout out to Luis Gregory's. That was for Raphael. That's a personal thing. Raphael knows uh, what, I'm, what, what we're doing there. Uh, we got some videos to show. We have Ryan, who uh, has a very nice trophy. And look at this. Like, look at this just brazen display of his fantasy football trophy. Pick me. <laughs> I love it, man. And then let's. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Let's play uh, Yannick. Yannick is actually in the podcast league. Let's take a look at, at his submission. And he is a, a fantasy hockey player. He lives in Canada. Uh, let's take a look at Yannick's uh, entry. Um, so I guess we'll make this a little easy on me. I got my dog to play a goalie. If I can score a goal against her, I'm in. All right? What the hell? Give me that back. Goalie, you go back. Okay, okay, this time. That's pretty cool. That for those of you who obviously can't the dog see, is in. The dog uh, saved, made two saves with his mouth on a foam puck. Uh, and the video went on uh, a little longer, but I, I don't think he scored. But that was very. The cool. dog is in the league. The yeah, Yannick and the dog are in the league. And then, uh, if you remember our "Can't Find a Better Male Host" joke, Chris made a parody of that. So the lyrics are a little bit hard to hear, but it's you'll you'll hear it. It's time to. Oh, damn! I keep hitting that stupid button. Here we go. Sorry, Chris. much to Chris and all of you for your entries. I think this is the That end. guy can't find better recording equipment. That's pretty good. The, the audio is a little low I, on the he lyrics. He started to come through in the second half yeah, of, yeah. The, of the song. Is it like, like uh, the first guy a little like Eddie better. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's got that that grungy sound. Uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, looking back at days of Shraggy B, keeping the streams on time. and Yeah, it was pretty funny. All right. Um, that's it. I think that's going to end our show. I wanted to get to Dave's report from Eagles Dolphins. You want to give me 30 seconds? I'm sorry about nope. that. All right. Sorry. Read it on the website. Yep. There you go. 
All right, we got a mailbag and salary cap talk coming up for you that'll publish on Saturday. You can watch it on YouTube on Friday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck in your drafts if you're doing them. Go get them. And we will talk to you on Monday with a recap, of course, and the mailbag, as I mentioned. Remember the poker tournament and the best ball tournament. You can look at FF Today on Twitter or at Adam Azer on Twitter for all of the information. And we will talk to you later on Fantasy Football Today. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. So, yes, you can literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.